comes. Praise the Lord. You know, I have to say it's amazing because whatever you bring to the Lord, as Bishop said this morning, he will use it, whether it is a goat or a dog. Um, and I, I love it because it just shows me that he is aware and cares about the small. He is the God who created universe and knows the stars by name, but he cares about the very tiniest part of our daily lives. And I'm so thankful for that. And anybody who knew me as a child knows that me getting the Holy Ghost at home just made a whole lot of sense for how I was a shy, quiet child. And if you're looking for evidence of what the Holy Ghost can do to somebody, you can look at me now and say she could not have been that, right? But that's what the Lord does. He changes us, and I'm thankful for it. I was thinking so much um, when pastor asked me to speak, I, was, I always racked my brain to say, okay, Lord, what is it that you want? Um, what is it that you want to say? What is it that you want people to hear? And this is an idea and a thought that he has been just circling me back to over and over again. I get away from it, and I think, I'm done now. We're good, right? And then he says, no, not quite yet. And we'll circle one more time back to him. I was like, okay, okay. I got you. I got you. We're done now, right? No, not quite yet. Um, and so I, I just want to spend a few minutes tonight sharing my heart with you, if that's okay. Because I feel like after going through 2020, where so many of us faced so many different things from loss to changes in circumstance, not you know, things that we did not want and expect to everything in between, the idea of what do I have to lose just kept coming back again and again. And Bishop, when you told me you were going to preach on three goats, I did not know exactly what you meant when we first talked about it. But when, as I was listening to your sermon this morning, I thought, you know what, if it's not just like the Lord reading your mail all the time, that's what he does, right? you know, talking about what can I bring the Lord? And I'm like, Bishop, man, you're doing it to me. So just bear with me. Do, is the slide working now, Sister Tracy? Awesome. All right, let's go ahead. So we know, first of all, we are growing apostolic legacy, right? Which means what? We're alive, we're nourished, we're producing, we're continuing on. This is not something that's stagnant. It's something that's supposed to continue on. Amen. We're apostolic in doctrine, apostolic in fellowship, one God, one faith, one name, one baptism. Amen? And it's a legacy which means that there are those who have gone, whoops, it did something else. I don't know. Sister Tracy, I just give it to you. You just do your thing. Um, which means that there are those who have come behind and those who are still yet to come and we're building and creating a legacy. Which means that what I invest in now, although I am a first generation in my choice, I have people who laid the path before me. And my nieces will have to be first generation in their choice because we're building a legacy of first generation. There are no grandchildren of God, amen? Keep going. And so in the discussion of what is it that I have to lose... The first thing, if you go on to the next slide, Sister Tracy, when we're looking at what do I have to lose, there's a whole list of things in the Bible that the Lord talks about that we're losing. Go ahead. 
Encumbrances. I looked it up in the Amplified, and we'll get to those verses. It's unnecessary weights. Sins, distractions, cares, anxieties, worries, concerns, sorrows, griefs, hurts. Now notice I put anger in there too because you know in the world of psychology, anger is what we call a secondary emotion. Which means there's always something underneath your anger. Well, I've been hurt or my, uh, my expectation wasn't met. I'm disappointed. I'm offended. I'm right. There's something underneath there. My will. Oh, now it's getting hard. Those other things were kind of easy, but now it's getting personal. And my pride. And y'all are all looking at me like, okay, Sister Caitlin, that's all great, but do you have scripture? Yes, I do. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2 says, Let us strip off, throw aside every encumbrance. There's that unnecessary weight. And that sin which so readily and deftly and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. So what that tells me is that as I'm running, there are some things that are going to try to trip me up. Things that I don't need to be carrying that somewhere along the way I've picked up. And notice there's a difference between encumbrance and sin. So not every sin is an encumbrance and not every encumbrance is a sin. The Lord makes them two very distinct things. But now look here, I'm supposed to also look away from all that will distract to whom? To Jesus who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. And, and now notice that. I'm not the one bringing anything to maturity or perfection. That's not me. That's not my job. He's the one. He's the one who's bringing me to where I need to be. My job is to look to him. And to say, I want to watch you. I want to lead where you go. In Psalms it says that he will lead us with his eye. And the only way I know to follow somebody's directions with their eye is to be looking them in the face. If you've ever seen the choir up here singing, where do we look all the time? Is it chorus yet? Is it verse 1? Why? Because we're looking to the leader who's bringing us to the conclusion of the song. Amen? Amen. He for the joy of obtaining the prize, say, I am that prize. That's right, you are. I am too. That was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Go ahead, next slide. First Peter verse, chapter 5, verses 6 through 7 says, Therefore, humble yourselves. And I'll tell you what, I'm a strong-willed individual. It's not always easy for me to humble myself. But the Bible also makes it very clear that if I'm not willing to humble myself, at some point, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So it's either by my will or his. Amen. So he said, humble yourselves, demote or lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you. Why? Casting the whole. 
Not just some of those cares. Not just a few. He said all of it. And if you look at the word casting, do you know what that means? It's like pitch it and run. It's like, okay, this is for you, and I'm out. Right? He said, I want you to cast the whole of your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. On him, for he cares affectionately for you and cares about you watchfully. 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. Stir up. We know this verse. Paul is admonishing Timothy to stir up the gift within him. The gift of God, that Holy Ghost fire. He says, why? Because God did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you something else though, Timothy. He gave you power, love, and a sound mind. Matthew chapter 5 verses 3 through 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What's being poor in spirit means I'm coming in with humility. I'm coming in humbly. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. I'm bringing you my sorrow. I've got some things to lose. I've got some grief that I'm dealing with. I'm, I'm bringing it to you. I'm bringing you. Oh, blessed are those who are meek. What does that mean? I'm, I'm not raising myself up. I'm operating at a spirit of Lord. You know, who I am and what I am is meaningless unless you're in it. For right. they shall inherit the earth. And yet with all of those things that we have to lose... The Lord said, I've got some things for you to keep. And that's what's so awesome about the Lord is that he never says, just give me stuff and I'm just going to keep it. He always gives us something in return. And it's always better than what we gave him in the first place. Always better. Keep going. So what do I have to keep? I've got love, trust, and faith. Power, that well-balanced mind, we read it in Timothy. Praise and worship, mercy and grace, peace, thanksgiving and gratitude, and a stirred-up gift of the Holy Ghost. John says it very clearly in 2 John. He says, this is not a new commandment. This is not a new thing. Just keep what you have already have. And do you know what that thing is? To love one another. You say, well, how do you, what do you mean? How can I keep to love one another? Well, if I'm going to love somebody, I've got to be able to let go of some hurt. I've got to be able to let go of some disappointment. I've got to be able to let go of some fear because perfect love casts out all fear. I've got to be able to let some things go if I'm going to say, you know what? You have stepped on my toes, but I love you. I want to be with you. I want to make sure we, we cross the finish line together. He said, this is not a new thing. Love one another. And what is this love? He said, this is it. To walk in his commandment. You say, well, I don't feel a whole lot of love. Well, have we been lined up with what the word says? Are we in the book? Are we lined up following those commandments? And he says, now this is what's so powerful about verse 8. Look to yourselves. The Lord says, you're going to have to do some self-assessment. You're going to have to do a little introspection, a little turn the eye inward, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full award and reward. You say, I feel like I've lost some things along the way. I've lost my joy. I've, I've lost my peace. I've, I've lost my, my happiness. I've, I've lost my comfort. 
he says, well, let's check the status. Where have you been? Have you spent some face time with me? Have you, have you gotten to know me in the word? Have you read about my character? Have you visited with me at the altar? He said, I've got some things for you. I've got those things you felt like you lost, but I want to give you a fair deal for them. Give me, give me your junk. I'll turn it around. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your emotions, and lean not on your own understanding. I've talked to my class about one of the most dangerous questions that you can ask is a three-letter word, why? That's the question. Why am I going through what I'm going through? Why am I facing what I'm facing? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why, God, why? And what's so amazing about the Lord is not once did he ever fully address a why with anybody. Job came to him and said, I don't understand why, why, why. And God said, okay, you want to have a conversation? Let me give you my resume and you give me yours. And by the end, Job was like, I just, I hate myself. I should not have opened my mouth. God forbid, I had heard about you, and now suddenly I see you, and the why is not important anymore. And so he said, look, this why is not the issue. It's who's with me in my why. Who's bringing me through my why. He said, in all thy heart, trust in him and rely on him with all thy heart. I don't understand why I'm going through, but I know who's walking with me. I don't understand how he's going to turn it for good, but I know he said he would, and I'm trusting him for it. I don't, the thoughts don't line up. It doesn't follow a logic sequence, but here's what I know. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. He will not withhold any good thing. Why? I don't know. But I know who. And we see again in, in 2 Timothy, and we're not going to read it again, but he said, look, I'm going to trade you some things. You're going to trade me your fear, and I'm going to give you power, love, and that sound, well-disciplined mind. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, don't fret over anything. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I was a kid, I remember, Sister Shostran, I can't even remember what the problem was, but I was all kinds of worried about something. And I went to her, and I said, Mama, I said, I'm worried. I got this issue, or I got this issue, you know, happening. What are we going to do? And she said, I'll tell you when you need to worry. Okay. I went away, and I'd be like, okay. And I'd come back, Mama, is now the time to worry? I'm still worried. This hasn't changed. Things have Don't worry. I'll tell you when you need to worry. Y'all, I was slow. And I, I don't know how many times I went to her and said, Mama, tell me, is this now the time to worry? Until finally I said, you know what? If you had your way, I wouldn't be worried about anything. Amen. And she looked at me and said, well. And there was a long pause as the penny went in the air and finally dropped. And I was like, <laughs> I get it now. I don't have to worry. She's like, there you go. You got it. <laughs> Lord is patient with me, and so were my parents. I needed it. 
what's so amazing about him. He says, I'll let you know when you need to worry. But then he says, you're not going to have to worry about anything. Yeah, but what about my job? I take care of that. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I can take care of you. Yeah, but where am I going to get my food? Don't worry about that. I got you covered. Well, but, but they're saying I should be worried about X, Y, and Z, right? This is what, you know, the doctors say. This is what the lawyers say. And I should be, ah, I'm the great physician. I am your advocate. I am the judge. What you worried about? The odds are stacked in your favor. He said, don't worry about anything. He said, but does that mean when I start to worry, I'm off? He said, no, when you start to get that way, come to me. Every prayer with petition, with thanksgiving. Let me know about it. Say, hey, God, look, I'm, I'm worried about these things. I'm, I'm concerned, right? But you know what, God, here's what I know while I've got these worries. I know you're the great physician and I, I know you've got provision for me and I know you've already gone behind me and I know goodness and mercy are dogging my steps. And while we're on the subject, have I told you how awesome you are today? Because he says, the more that you give me what you got, he said, the more you're going to see that my peace and this is the same peace that Jesus described as what brought him through Calvary to resurrection. Because he knew what was going to happen when he went to that garden. He knew what was going to happen when they brought him before the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. He knew what was going to happen every step of the way. And he said, this is my peace. God's peace will be yours. And it's going to garrison and mount guard over your heart. Your emotions when they're troubled in the midnight hour and you can't sleep and you're worried about all these things. He said, come and bring it to me. Talk to me. Tell me about it. Let me, let me take it for you. And your thoughts when they're racing and I just got all of these things to do and I've got the list. He said, I'll take care of that too. And why is it important to then you say, okay, well, that's great, Sister Caitlin. We, you've discussed everything about losing and what to keep and what to lose but why do I have to lose I thought we're supposed to be victorious in Jesus name all the time I'm not supposed to lose well guess what we've got multiple examples in the Bible where people lose and they were all of God our first one Lazarus life happened to Lazarus more specifically sickness that led to death and we know the story. The Lord was delayed and he waited intentionally and Lazarus ended up dying and everybody's weeping and wailing and, oh, Lazarus. And the Lord prayed and what's amazing is when he said this, he shouted out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And what happened? And out walked the man who had been dead. His hands and feet wrapped in burial cloths, linen strips, and with them a burial napkin around his face. Jesus said to him, free him of the burial wrappings and let him go. Sometimes when the Lord calls us out of where we were, that dark place where we were, we still feel bound up by things and that's why we have the body to help unwrap us. 
think I'm going to say that one more time. Sometimes when the Lord calls us out of darkness, we're still dealing with some things. We're still struggling with some things. We're still bound by some things. But he's called me out. He's called me out once I was dead and now I'm alive. Why am I still struggling? That's why we have the body to say, help me get free from this. Meet me at the altar. I need some prayer. Meet me at the altar. I need some intercession. Will you bind with me? Will you fast with me? Will you pray with me? That's why we have the body because life happens. And you say, well, Sister Caitlin, that's not my testimony. I, I haven't had to deal with the Lord calling me out of drug addiction or fill in the blank of any of those sorts of things. I've just been a good girl or a good guy in church all my life. Well, guess what? All of us were dead in sin at one point. And Paul made it very clear that he had to die daily. So you say, well, how many times do I got to come to the altar? As many times as you need to. Well, but I thought I'd have it whipped by now. So, think again. That's okay. It's not a bad deal to be in the presence of God. So when life happens, things happen, life happens, the Lord can address it. But what about Paul and Silas? They were done wrong too. Somebody did them wrong. It wasn't just, oh, life happened. It wasn't just, oh, this was out of my control. No, no, they were innocent and had been done wrong. Locked in the deepest, darkest. And not only were they locked in the deepest, darkest cell, but then they were also bound. You want to add insult to injury. I'm not going to escape from this room and you're going to lock me up anyway? After you've beaten me unjustly? They were done wrong again and again. And what did they say? Round about midnight, they started praying and singing unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. What did they lose? They lost some chains. You say, well, what? When people do me wrong, I got to praise. Well, but, but aren't you upset, Archie man? All things work together for good. I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to get it out. I got to praise. What are you doing, Paul? What are you doing, Silas? God has still been so good to me. I'm losing some things that hurt and I'm clinging to what matters. And why is this all important? And I'm coming to a close. Why is this all important? Because once I realize that I have nothing left to lose, I come to the conclusion that I have everything to gain. Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. Now, why do I think it's important that he said all of that? Because you can't cleave to something, rely on and trust on something if your hands are full of other things. If my hands are full of my worries and the, my hands are full of my pride and my hands are full of my will and my hands are full of, but I really want to do it the way I want to do it. 
I'm not clinging to something else. I don't know if you've ever seen mountain, based, uh, mountain climbers. They got nothing in their hands but rock that they're clinging on to. They can't afford to hold on to anything else. They're clinging to something. He said, but as I told you, although you've seen me, still you do not believe and trust and have faith. And you say, well, why, why did he put that in there? Because let me tell you, there are some days where I go to work and it's been a long day and I forget who I'm supposed to be looking at. You know why? Because I'm human. I get caught up in my day and in my schedule and I, I lose sight. You say, well, does that happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. But now notice this. All whom my Father gives and entrusts to me will come to me. And the ones who come to me... I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, no never, reject one of them who comes to me. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will and purpose, but to do the will and purpose of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should not lose any of all that he has given me, but that I should give new life and raise them all up at that last day. For this is my Father's will and his purpose, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up from the dead at that last day. You say, what are you saying, Sister Caitlin? I'm saying that once we realize I have nothing to lose, that liberates me to say, you know what? I'm going to invite that person from work to church. Well, but what if they reject you? I have no pride. They say, no, that's okay. But what, well, what if I, I, I you know, I want to give. I want to give. So give. The Lord will take care of that. Well, but what if they say no? What if, what if I have difficulties in my finances? He provided the job. He'll provide the funds. Once I realize I have nothing left to lose... I have everything to gain. I have everything to gain because I'm running and I'm clinging to the one who loves me most. I'm holding on to he who is eternal, to the author and the finisher of my faith. And so long as I am clinging to him, I'm not going to lose anything. But I'm gaining everything because he is holding on to me like I'm holding on to him. Amen. So as our musician comes, I don't know what you need to lose tonight. If it's just the burdens of the world, if it's just, Lord, I just want to spend some time with you. If it's just, you know, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z, or my will has been getting in my own way, or my pride, or, you know, I've been afraid about doing this, that, and the other, but I want to be used. I, I want a part of that, and I don't know what you have. Just like Bishop said this morning, whatever you bring in, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a sacrifice. Build the altar. So we're going to open it up here tonight. And if you have a need, if you need to lose some things so that you can grab a hold on him, now's your time. Now's your time to do it. We're going to stand. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to come into your presence again. I know, Jesus, that each of us have something to lay down before you, whether it's our own will, it's our own life, it's our pride, it's things we're struggling with, things that would distract. Lord, I'm asking.